Hello, everybody! What up? <laughs> my name is Athena Nikki LeMay. Even, they don't need to know my <laughs> middle name. It's so basic. And my name is Nathaniel Lewis Evans. They don't need to know my middle name. It's so basic. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just mocking me. Okay. Welcome to Catching Up. <laughs> What's so funny? You are. You're just uh, a funny girl. But Thanks. Um, yeah, so welcome to our show. This is the second episode. Um, I just want to say we've got a lot of great feedback, and it seems like people actually listen through basically all the way, and that was a very long podcast episode, so you guys yeah. are freaking awesome. Yeah, we had a difficult time listening all the way through ourselves, so. Oh, actually, <laughs> I listened to the beginning part, like, over and over again, just because mm-hmm. I felt like I kept forgetting, and I was like, <gasps> like, every time someone would say, oh my god, you guys are so funny, or, like, give me feedback on how they felt about our podcast, which was all positive, of course, yeah. um, I would start the podcast and listen to it again to be like, wait, what did they listen to? Like, what did we talk about? Yeah. What did I sound like and what did Nathan sound like? I don't know. What intrigued them? I wouldn't want to go back and listen to the whole thing. I kind of got a little cringy having to listen a little more than halfway through with it. Especially the part where I have to talk, where I talk about my sobriety because we're like, okay, just make it real quick. And it was 20 minutes. And it was a 20 minute Okay, but thing. you didn't even try to listen to it. You completely skipped that 20 minutes. It's a hard thing to listen to yourself, I think. Is it about listening to yourself or listening about your journey that you're talking about? Um, a little bit of both. More so, I mean, I've already done that so many times. I've had to share about that experience so many times, you know? But I think it's more so just having to hear my voice and then having to see how I listen to how I talk and (laughs) (laughs) being extra critical of that is uncomfortable, Mm. you know? Yeah. But I don't know. It's just something, just something that I I noticed I don't want to have to do. Yeah. But, which is why it wasn't really fully edited or anything like that, but. We didn't edit it at all. (laughs) I literally just, okay, you know what happened? We recorded it. And I uploaded it onto our account and was like, Nathan, what are, what are we calling this? And he came up with like three names and Catching Up was one of them. And I was like, okay. So I made it Catching Up mm-hmm. and made the, the artwork for it in like five minutes. We really, like, it just happened. It all just happened real quick. Yeah. And then just like that, I posted it. It was yeah. so much easier than I expected. And we're on Spotify. Yeah, blowing up the charts. <laughs> Super popular. Everybody. I don't know how to get on iTunes, though. It's okay. We'll figure it out. If it's important enough, it, it will happen. Yeah, you're right. But anyways, well, we are both now, this is a little off topic, weird transition, but we're both now completely vaccinated. Oh, yeah. I was like... Where are you going? What are we both now? We're both completely vaccinated. vaccinated. We've both got our second shots. I haven't been really outspoken about it, especially on social media, because I don't have a strong opinion about it, Mm -hmm. even though I got it. 
And so I don't want to be the person that influences someone to get it because I don't know, I'm still wrapping my head around how I totally feel about it. Well, you know, at the very beginning, because this whole vaccine journey started for us months ago, like, yeah. <laughs> like Brought s- up. six months ago or so, yeah. like, because I had the opportunity to get it because I worked in the health field, the health industry, and we were on a hike and I was like, oh, so, you know, I got this opportunity to get the vaccine, but we had already had previous conversations about vaccines and I was like, I don't know how she's going to Okay, I'm just going to be straightforward about it. <laughs> you know, just tell us how you were feeling when, at the beginning of this whole vaccine okay. journey. I was very, very unsure mm-hmm. and did not trust it. And I don't regret that. Like, I think I, I was... Think it's healthy. Yes, I was being very critical. I was scared and yeah. unsure, but the reasoning was because, like, very valid reasons. Like, this technically isn't a fully traditionally approved vaccine, um, and I didn't know what it meant. Yeah. And so I was nervous, and then I also was looking on both sides of, like, of course, like, a lot of people that are in my social media realm were very outspoken about why you should get it. So I, I felt like I didn't need to find extra research on that, but I was looking more into like why you shouldn't get it just to get both sides of the coin. And that's where it was kind of scary because it was like a lot of these stories of people dying mm-hmm. um, from vaccines before this whole COVID situation, but just yeah. anti-vaxxers in general, you know, like I was starting to learn their stories of how they were, Originally, a lot of them were pro vaccinations or vaccines, and then some like their kid got it, and then they had a horrible reaction, and so a lot of them died very young, and mm-hmm. that's what made them an anti vaxxer. That's what made them feel so strongly. A lot of them were moms, but um, so it just got me scared. I was like, oh my god, you know, and then it brought up a lot of stress in our relationship because then you questioned if this is a relationship that you want to be in like if we have kids like I'm not gonna want to vaccinate the kids and you will and like it's just yeah well looking back I mean I think it's really healthy and um smart I guess of you to and open-minded too to be like wanting to know why people are against vaccines because I know I was vaccinated as a kid and I'm pretty sure and I was too we were vaccinated as kids and we're fine but yeah it's good to try and see the whole picture of things to kind of like you would say like to start living more in the gray area of life instead of seeing things so black and white yeah because my first instincts were just okay I've had vaccines I've been fine Doctors tell me get these vaccines because it's going to help me and it's going to give me less of a risk of this and that. And now there's this vaccine for this deadly virus that is creating this pandemic. So I should just take it blindly. I'm given this opportunity to, to get it at my job. I might as well just get it. But having the conversation with you, um, at least if anything made me have to 
think more and like do my own research and talk to my coworkers and talk to my boss who was a nurse, you know, um, kind of instead of just like doing things blindly and without like fully understanding my reasoning, kind of actually having to think for myself, which is <laughs> hard to do when it comes to things that I don't really know that much about. Um, and then I was put in an awkward situation because my boss like put me on the spot. Like I had been like thinking about it for a week or so, you know, talking to you about it. And then she texts me before I go into work one day and she's like, are you going to get the vaccine? I'm like, uh, well, I don't know. Like, is it okay that I don't know? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I don't want to just get something that I don't know much about. You know, I'm nervous about that, mm-hmm. you know? And um, that was kind of the first point, the first time, you know, where I had to like, it wasn't the first time in my life, but it tested me with, with a huge problem of mine of being confrontational and like having to tell people, like putting up boundaries and saying like, hey, like, I'm not sure about something and I need time to figure that out. And you're going to have to be okay with that. And I think an aspect of that too is, being okay with not knowing. Yeah. Especially because that time was so politically. Yeah. What's the word? Like charged. Charged. Intense. Fueled. And it felt like, I feel like we've moved out of that a little bit, but it just felt yeah. like you need to make, you need to choose a side. Yeah. And, a or yeah. B. Those are the only two sides. Mm-hmm. And if you don't choose a side, you're wrong and you're bad. And like you are killing people Mm because you're not choosing a side yeah like it was very very intense and not getting the vaccine meant one thing and getting it meant another thing yeah and that's kind of like the mob mentality um a bit of what i've been learning about now post this whole experience of like that is the drawback in the sense that you don't get a chance to critically think or Mm -hmm. understand what side you're even choosing. You just say it. And once you say it, you're there and you can't change your mind and you're stuck there and and everyone uplifts you for being on that side, whatever side you're on. Well, I think that that's what is also really interesting about your initial position on this because you know, we would definitely lean more to the left, if anything, mm-hmm. like more progressive. And the stance of not wanting to get the vaccine, I was believe, not was, quote unquote left, was not left. It was more the conservative right side, which we would not necessarily fall on. So mm-hmm. it was like very conflicting and very yeah. weird you know it was like yeah, I, I was felt like, that in myself too yeah. I, I felt very frustrated that I didn't know what I wanted because yeah. it made you and your family really question me but I don't think I mean, my family didn't know what was going on no it was, wasn't they didn't about with my family. but it was definitely nudged a, a lot I mean maybe I just felt like I think this was more, more high problem uh, it, it, uh, internal problem that she had because I don't think that we ever really talked about we never talked about vaccines I mean obviously like my family was very outspoken about what they wanted <laughs> well with the vaccine yeah. I'm just talking about vaccine, specifically, okay, the specifically the vaccine you know I, uh, mean, okay. I feel like that was later on I feel like to, to my, my my understanding is like from what I remember at least is like only recently 
we started talking about the vaccine as a family, like when my aunt got vaccinated. Yeah. You know? Well, I guess I took it like... Um, well, you know what? You're right. You're right. Because my mom would make intensely. notes about like, she would be like, yeah, when I get the opportunity to get a vaccine, I want to get vaccinated. My I felt like I was asked that. a lot by your family and I didn't know and I didn't want to like give an answer. I tried my best to like avoid the question because I didn't know and I... And I felt like saying I don't know meant no, you know? Yeah. Well, because that's how some people would read that. Yeah. I think that's how I read that initially. That's how that's I... That's exactly that, how that you did. How, that yeah. is how I read it initially, which, you know... Okay. And then when we had that conversation, the, mm-hmm. the very heated conversation between us, my point, which you mentioned, was just like, I want to be critical about this. I don't want to just blindly do this because everyone else is doing it. I want to understand what the repercussions are, like what the potential drawbacks are, because this is something that... You don't want to just be a sheep. Yes. Sheep to slaughter. And I think that also plays into kind of how I began my vegan journey. Um, I see like parallels in that in a weird way of like when I went vegan, I understood that these huge corporations and institutions aren't here necessarily to support our health, whether Mm -hmm. if they are health organizations or not, they're not trustworthy. But without us being sick, they wouldn't get any profit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And they have to feel that we need them. We have to feel like we need them. And this was a stance I already had, not specifically for vaccines, um, but this was a stance with the health industry Mm -hmm. in general that I had before any of COVID happened. And so that's kind of what was brought up. But in my personal life, I had never questioned vaccines before until this COVID situation where I had to decide for my own body if I wanted to put it in my body or not. And I felt like very ill-equipped for knowing how to navigate what I did and didn't want to do and how to hold space for myself while I was still deciding, mm-hmm. um, especially because like, I know you got stressed about that too, and it caused some tension, a lot of tension. Well, what ended up happening? What was the thing that kind of made you feel like, I'm okay getting this now? Honestly, like low-key peer pressure. <laughs> you think so? Um, yeah. Well, you said something about, well, because I know in your social media, you follow a lot of people in the health and wellness field. Yeah. And you that have started I, seeing more and more people get vaccinated. Yeah. And, and okay. these people are people that like I know to somewhat of a personal level. Um, they're not just random people, you know, like I feel like I know these people. So there is a little bit of yeah yeah so and i and i look up to what they're saying too um which is kind of ironic in the sense of like the mob mentality too you know like if someone else that you know is doing it then you're doing it too well, everyone's it's being all confusing one way or another yeah I whether you're on social media or like, not right and it comes down to like who are you being influenced by and like yeah. have you done you know, they're all enough like examination of that person's character to like actually feel like this is a a healthy person to be. Yeah. To be influenced by. Yeah. I mean, it it was a little bit of that and a little bit of like my clients that I work for. One of them, they're older and have Mm -hmm. a health issue and they already got it. They were super excited to get it and totally fine. Didn't have any 
um, issues in the side effects with Mm -hmm. the first or second dose. And then, um, yeah, just seeing more and more people get it and not have an issue with it. Mm -hmm. That, that made me feel better. Then on the other hand too, though, I don't know if this is okay or not to say, but yeah, the other client who is extremely against it. Yeah. And (laughs) it's, for me, I don't know. It's, I feel like what I saw from you is like it gave you more of that intuition, that gut feeling of like, okay, this person's beliefs so far have been so against mine lately mm-hmm. that them being against this vaccine is just more of a nudge for me to actually do it. If, if that, I mean, I'm not saying like that was like yeah. the breaking point, but I feel like that had some sort of influence maybe. Yeah. I I feel like I don't fully know. That one is a very confusing situation Mm -hmm. because that client for me is a very confusing situation. Like her family is amazing, but her, some of her political beliefs, not all of them, some of them, Mm -hmm. I very strongly disagree with. I don't kind of, I very strongly disagree with, and that's very confusing, but this is also the gray area in practice of like, wow, parts of her beliefs I strongly do agree with. Like I live this in my day-to-day life. Um, And one of them being vegan fully, you know, Mm -hmm. and some of these political beliefs, wow, they're hard to like, I just avoid the conversation as much as possible and find what I can agree with. Mm -hmm. But um, that's very difficult. So, yeah, like I had a very, you you know, I had an this this whole experience. One person was super for it. One person was super against it. And I saw these people weekly, if not biweekly. Yeah. Um, So it just kind of forced me to make my own decision. And then, um, yeah, but it's still kind of confusing. I don't fully know how to put it into words but um, well, I'm still kind of navigating the experience, you know, but I, yeah. I feel like if anything, having both of these sides, it's not like I'm choosing one side. It's like, I'm just understanding what my personal stance is mm-hmm. between both of them, you know? Yeah. I know for me, I like kind of, um, uh, I, I, I did get influenced by the people that were strongly against it, like in the way of, like, I mean, I was working with, you know, that one lady mm-hmm. um, who was, like, very pro-Trump and, like, very against. She was a very conservative person. And yeah. then, like, so everything that came out of her mouth, I was like, I don't want to engage in any kind of political conversation with you because it's just not going to be healthy for our workspace. Yeah. And that also fueled me to be like, okay, maybe maybe I should get it also, you know? And then it was also the part of just more and more people were getting it. More and more people were okay after they got mm-hmm. it, you know? Yeah. And also like the whole propaganda of it being like, just go get vaccinated, go get vaccinated. Yeah. Like probably played a part of it I also want to add like, I mean, eventually we both kind of got to the same place where we didn't have a super strong stance on it. We just decided to do it. And well, you know what? For me, actually, a, yeah. a, a big part too is also my good friend, uh huh, Paul. When Paul would uh-huh. talk to me, oh, yeah, because oh, that's huge, someone that yeah. I love, 
And yeah. that's, he, he had, a, he had an influence on me. Like he actually yeah. made me think about it more. Like, even though like we didn't talk all the time about it and this and that, but, and he's someone that's, would be like very, very democratic and very, very on the left. Yeah. So this is know? where my, like, I want to add, like it, I don't fully know him, but it mm-hmm. seems like his stance was whatever the doctor is telling me, I'm going to do it. So that's Mm. why I wasn't so quick to be influenced by him because I was like, I don't want to be influenced by someone who is just finding someone, one person to take their opinion as their own. Like I want someone who's, um, like multiple people. I want to hear all of these opinions. Well, with him, I mean, like when we, when you got to meet him though, he is, he does do that. Because, I mean, when he had to get his children vaccinated and, you know, like he had gotten multiple opinions from multiple doctors, you know, they did their own research. He's an intelligent Mm. person, you know, he's not. I didn't know that. But, but. To me, it seemed like he had one doctor. Because you don't know this guy and, you know, and, you know, but Paul's a very intelligent person and he's not someone that, I mean, I hope maybe after getting to know him a little bit that you could see that he is someone that is capable of thinking for himself and is not someone that is just going to be swayed by popular, you know, demand or popular thought, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's why he's one of my best friends. Yeah. Yes. But I wasn't sure about in the science industry, you know? Right. Of course. I wouldn't know that either, which is why I didn't really fully engage into the conversation with him, but even him just like saying like, Cause he would say to me like, Hey dude, like I know you've been kind of on the fence and I know it's totally up to you. And he wasn't like pushing me to make that decision either, but he was really like saying like, I'm willing to have the conversation with you about the information that I have learned. Yeah. Which I, yeah. With that, I would, you know, if I were still debating, I, that's something I'd be interested in knowing because technically he'd be conveying his doctor's opinion and, Mm -hmm. I would like to know all the opinions, you know, for and against. Um, But ultimately, okay, bottom line, bottom line was throughout the whole thing, I felt like, and this may be um, a bit presumptuous, but I felt like I'd be fine. Like I literally (laughs) didn't get COVID this whole time. Okay, I wasn't going into crowds or anything and I wasn't being dumb because like there were bars completely packed in our area. For the most part, we were pretty smart for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Like we follow the rules in the bigger sense, wore a mask. Our circle was small, but that worked out to our favor because we already kind of like let go of many like groups of friends right before COVID happened. Mm -hmm. We were in this big personal transition. Um, but I ultimately felt like I would be fine. And that was like my through line in deciding to get it because (laughs) it swayed me in that way because I was like, even if I get the vaccine, I personally feel like I'll be fine. And, um, if this will, if anything help people, then I'll just do it. You know, I felt like I was going to get COVID any moment. I know you did. (laughs) I, I, while I was working, it's like, people get tested before they come in but sometimes those tests are like two months ago and then they come in 
or like yeah um, i know, you know that they're not reliable this whole thing is just confusing because like what really is a fact yeah. nothing <laughs> you yeah. know you can get a covid test and have negative and the next day it's positive or the right. next hour it's exactly. positive and like what really is safe who even knows so i know that my my thoughts may just be all um i don't know like based off Very of optimistic and- yeah or, <laughs> or just based off of I don't know, not a fact. Um, like yeah. what is, is any of this based off fact? I don't really know. I don't think I, I don't know. I don't know. But ultimately think, yeah. that is how I made my decision. Cause I was in this space this whole time where I felt like I'd be fine. Um, and nothing is going to happen to me. That's bad. Like I felt that very deeply. So I'll just get it. If that ends up helping people around me, you know, I had to rationalize and kind of just be like, is, do I feel because of the uncertainties of both getting COVID and getting the COVID vaccine, do I feel that COVID is going to have worse long-term effects Mm. or is the vaccine going to have worse long-term effects? And I kind of was just like, I'm just going to do the (laughs) the vaccine, I I guess, because I don't, I don't feel certain about either, but I'd rather go with the vaccine because <laughs> I have no idea about COVID. Who knows? What if I'm one of the people that get COVID and die? I, I know. I mean, I know I'm healthy and all that kind of stuff, but you never know. I don't know. I know. You know? Yeah. That's where you can't rely on just your health because no. there were quote unquote healthy people who still died. Yeah. But exactly. this is where we did have that you know, when you were debating, you're like, I'm just going to get the vaccine because I don't want to get COVID. And I was like, well, apparently it's a fact actually that you can still get COVID even if you're vaccinated, but your experience won't be as intense. And you were like, oh, okay, let me reset and figure (laughs) this out again. And then eventually you'd come back and be like, okay, I think I want to get the vaccine because, you know, well, ultimately we're here. We, we got, got it. it. Um, <laughs> I want you to feel empowered to make your own decision. I want you to feel empowered too. Um, the shot was nothing. Hurt for a little bit. And then yeah. the second one. I we was just like got tired. tired. I was drowsy. I was pretty. I mean, I already went into the day thinking I'm just going to sleep all day. Yeah. So it kind of just gave me a reason to you be lazy. You slept till 12 the next day. I did, actually, yeah. I and really, we did really not go to bed in. that late, like mm-hmm. 11, probably. Yeah, so whatever. But, you know, I felt yeah. fine for the most part. You yeah, know, and I'm fine. I'm crazy. two days after my second dose, and I'm fine. But so. if you take anything out of that conversation, we want people to feel okay not knowing what yeah. they want and, like, feeling okay, like – that that and feeling like they don't have to be pressured by 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 a group of people to have to make a decision to like yes. be able to feel okay to 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 do their own research and then come to that decision when you know when they feel ready to make that decision because that's what we did yeah. it took us months you know I mean this might be a little like I personally feel like the whole idea of the passports and stuff that scares me in the sense that it. It make forces people. It's more of an incentive to do it. To have a yes answer if they want to be a part of normal society. Well, it's just one of the other things that people have to take into consideration when they make their decision if they want to do it or not. And, you know, 
Well, I'm saying it scares me that it is that kind of an ultimatum. It is kind of scary. I also understand because it's a pandemic, if you decide not to get it and you get COVID, I mean, if you decide not to get the vaccine and Mm -hmm. you get COVID, you are the person who's infecting the people around you who could. Yeah. I understand that. But it like besides that point, it just is kind of scary to me. Yeah. That you have to make such an intense decision based off of a vaccine that isn't fully supported in the traditional sense. And it won't be until years down the line when us human subjects will <laughs> have our results, you know? Yeah. Anyways, I'm ready to move on from this conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that was good. That was healthy to yeah. talk about because it's something that destigmatizes something well, we that's also haven't tense. talked about it too much yeah. I, I feel like i yeah. mean like we haven't wrapped it all up yeah Some i feel things, like this I is a good like wrap up this is a cool platform for us because <laughs> it puts all these things out that we're just going through in yeah. our lives and then we're kind of just like okay we feel that that's done but we never got like an actual verbal closure on on yeah. the topic or just like even got to fully like verbally process it i feel like when i talk about experiences that have completed somewhat Mm -hmm. it helps me put words to the situation because i am a person that feels things and am very good at feeling things but until i talk to another person about it it's very hard for me on my own to sum up the experience intellectually so Mm -hmm. it's like that complete experience for me a little more it feels nice i'm terrible at processing things i'm terrible at processing emotions here's the podcast then all right so this is actually (laughs) catching up with (laughs) this is how i'm gonna do my my therapy now so if you guys just want yeah this is like talk therapy this is my talk therapy you guys are just the the shrink in the chair (laughs) so you guys can take notes and offer feedback and i'll just like talk about how insane my brain is yeah well okay a good segue with that topic is on wednesday we went to santa barbara and went on an awesome hike and i just wanted to shout out this guy who we ran into oh yeah he was talking about snakes with us yeah tried to convince nathan to pick up a snake (laughs) yeah well that was really um talk about but yes okay yeah it was weird um yeah, that was weird because um, sometimes, I don't know, we were, in, we were in a good headspace that day. It was a very, very good day all the way up. Yeah, well, I wanted trip. to specify, like, at the end of our conversation, um, mm-hmm. after he spent, like, a solid 15 minutes talking about snakes, snakes with us. Showing us pictures. Yeah, showing us pictures, stuff. all that stuff. Tried um, to inch away from him a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, dude, like, you're nice, but we're also going to leave now. Yeah, we're going to go on our hike. But we started to walk away, and then he turned around, and he was like, oh, wait, one more thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say, and, and I'm just going to sum up this a little more short. Yeah. But... He basically said, like, I know that black men are having a difficult time in our culture right now. And, um, like, our president in the past and make that easier. And I just want to, like, I don't know. What did he say? Like, I just want you to know that I am here for you in a way. Yeah, pretty much just. He was a white guy. Well, he also made the note about you being an Asian woman. And how Asian women are hypersexualized and Mm -hmm. have been blamed for COVID, Asians in general, and 
And ultimately, he was just like, I'm sorry. And yes, um, he was pretty much apologizing on behalf of, of all of white, white people. people. <laughs> and I was like, dude, like, that must have been so uncomfortable for him to say because yeah. he genuinely meant it. And like, I was like, I don't know how to take this. Like, yeah. But then thinking, like, when we walked away, a yeah, bit it took after, a second for both of us to process. Yeah. But immediately after, we're like, that thank was you. awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, immediately we were like, thank you. Oh, God, it's a dishwasher. Yeah, <laughs> it's not uh, our stomachs. Uh, yeah, um, but immediately after, we're like, thank you, common courtesy. You know, it's really nice of you to say. Wasn't expecting that. You know, yeah. we were just talking about snakes, like, not a second ago. <laughs> now we're talking about, like, the, the crazy, heated racial situation that our uh-huh. <laughs> country is in right now. And... You know, I was, when I got to think more about it, I'm like, damn, like, that's very hard. It must have been hard for him to say. But mm-hmm. you know what? Like, that kind of stuff, like, people saying that kind of stuff is, like, where change, I believe, actually does start. Yeah. Because me and you, during all that kind of, you know, right before um, this election happened, we started getting kind of jaded. Yeah, we got into this black and white mm-hmm. kind of viewpoint of like all white people suck. <laughs> which we which we both which I definitely know. Yeah. Like my family is mm-hmm. I mean half of my family is white. I am half white. I'm you half white half too. White, you know? Um so <laughs> it was just confusing. It, it was, was so confusing. that mob mentality, I'll mob take mentality, it back yeah. to of all or nothing. Yeah. And there's it's no in fair. between. And it's not yeah. fair, you know. It made it uh we got sucked into it, that's for sure. Yeah. But now we're out of it and I just want to say that was really awesome for him to say that cuz yeah. right afterwards after like we got a second to process, we both started having a conversation about wow, like this is the kind of change we need. The you yeah. know, like he clearly stepped out of his comfort zone to make us feel like he's got her back, you that know, he's like aware of what is going on and not just like, cause that's the, that's the part that really frustrates me where these people are just like, Oh, you know, like it's not that bad. You know, racism isn't really happening, you know, like the yeah. people that just like are in, in denial. denial and it's mm-hmm. like, how can you do that? You know, how could you yeah. say that? Like if you just listen to a person of color's like point of view for like five minutes, you'll understand that it's not mm-hmm. like false. It's really happening. It's been happening and it's going to continue to happen until someone actually does something different. Yeah. And that's not to say that's the only way to show support. There are definitely, no, that's, that was really taking a leap. That guy. Yeah. Like. And, and there are even more ways where you can do significantly more. Um, but yeah. just in that moment, it was really nice to hear it that. It was really nice to hear so yeah. if you are a white person and you ever feel inclined to say something like that, us yeah. being an Asian woman and a black man on the other side, like that was pretty cool to hear. It you was know? really cool to hear. Um, yeah. Gave yeah. me more sympathy too. Mm-hmm. It, it helped our reasoning in still living in the gray space. Not yes. every person is the mm-hmm. same just because of their skin color. And I don't want to live that way. You I don't want to live that way either. It's not healthy. It's not a way I want my mind to think of looking at someone's skin color, even if it's white or black, mm-hmm. and 
judge. (laughs) That is still racism. (laughs) That is. And I'm not going to do that. So, um, but it's not to say I've never done that. I definitely have. Oh yeah, absolutely. So moving forward. Yeah. That was cool. Okay. So, uh, (laughs) just talk about your artists. Well, okay. So first off, I'll like set it up by just saying like, sometimes I get in these loops or these like little holes of just like watching all these videos on YouTube of just other musicians and artists and just like because that's like a huge thing that fuels me that just makes me feel like me is like when I really get to discover more music and learn about artists and so forth and like yeah let me just say holes last night (laughs) yeah Nathan is a music history lover yeah and Both separately as well. A music lover, a history lover, (laughs) and a music history lover. (laughs) That's true. And I try and stay current the best that I can because, I mean, mostly, most of the music that I, like, I mean, I was very sheltered, like, musically, like, up until high school, pretty much, or, like, junior high school. Where you only listen to Christian rock. Only listen to Christian rock, Christmas music. And Radio Disney. I can't imagine that. Yeah. That would drive me crazy. Oh, my gosh. I had this one um, CD of, like, 10 or 12 Disney songs from the movies that I would play (laughs) on repeat. And I just belt them out in my room. That's so cute. Oh, yeah. Also, because it used to be the lead in all of your plays and stuff. I did musicals in elementary school. Yeah, That's so cute. Mm -hmm. But anyways, um, you know, recently I've been trying to stay more current because I really like all this old music. I like classic rock. I like 90s hip hop. And I mean... You know, once I started getting like that rooted in me, um, I started trying to listen to more current songs and stuff. Because you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm a, like, I don't know. What I'm trying to get at is recently I've been listening to more current pop artists, some of them. And last night I was really exploring just new. Or just musicians I don't listen to that much. I'm a huge fan of the NPR Tiny Desk. Um, yeah, they're pretty cool. They're really cool. And um, within the past year, um, Billie Eilish and Justin Bieber both made um, Tiny Desk. And, uh, well, first I want to talk about Billie Eilish because <laughs> Billie Eilish was until like this past year just like someone where i'm just like it's just a popular girl mm-hmm. and do you think that changed music. because we watched her documentary hmm or just because of the music no, coming out it later? started because i had seen a couple of videos of her on youtube this past year mm-hmm. i was like damn this girl's talented like she's got this weird style how she dresses and just like seems like she's all like emo kind of and wants to do her own kind of thing kind of goth and doesn't like give a care about anybody's opinion i'm like that's cool but then her voice is like totally like a little angel and i'm like wow like this is 
someone that is worth looking into, you know? Yeah. And so I watched a couple of videos and then we got the Apple TV thing and saw the documentary. Saw the documentary together. And because also you were really excited and you wanted to watch it too. I was like, damn, like I'm gonna check this girl out. And like she she's just a she's just a teenage girl, dude. Mm-hmm. She's just a normal girl, you know, that's just like has problems, is wants to have a boyfriend, you know, is Really we were like, her fucking yeah. boyfriend sucks. Her boyfriend she needs to sucks. dump his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sucked butt. And but she did. <laughs> and like, it was just like, she's so, she's very relatable. You know, she's very yeah. relatable. Like, she's very she's honest. honest she's her, vulnerable yeah. on that on mm-hmm. that documentary. And her mental health state. Yeah. You know, her dealing with the Tourette's and just like how sometimes she's just like, I don't want to do all this. Like being a star, especially as a teenager, has got to be extremely yeah. hard. You she's know? not all up on her high horse. And yeah. like, she's very humble. And like, yeah. she really values her family. And I thought that that was really cool. I think there know? was a lot of relatability because we really practice living that way too. You know, mm-hmm. not getting all up on any kind of high horse. And... Valuing our family. Valuing your family. Those are two huge things for us. Yeah. And then, you know, you just put in, like, the amount of talent that that girl has, like, and just, like, her work ethic is just insane to me. Because if I was to be a 16-year-old, or I guess now she's, like, 19 or whatever. I don't know. 20, maybe. There's no way. There's no way I would have been able to work that hard. Like, even right now, I find myself, I would have a hard time working that hard, you yeah. know? And, like, having that much just, like, courage to go in front of all those people and to just, like, be in a business with grown-ass adults. And, as a like, kid. As a child, you know? And yeah. just, like, compete with them, outsell them even, you know? It's just, like, dude, like... This... You probably get a lot of pushback from yeah. people who are so jealous. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like she just keeps going. So I just thought that I wanted to just talk about like how, you know, and also like some of her songs, like there's so much emotion in it. It's like, sometimes it, I don't know what the names of the songs are. I, I couldn't tell I don't top of my head, but she has a couple and the tiny desk series I saw. Um, she does two songs with her brother. I believe it's two songs and ocean eyes. I don't know, <sighs> but she does two of them with her brother where he's just playing the guitar and then one where she's playing the piano and it's just just the piano just the guitar and just their voices and it's like so powerful and it's just like wow like this is this is good music mm-hmm. and it also made me feel like okay just because I'm that dude that doesn't always like to listen to pop music, it doesn't necessarily mean that all pop music is bad. <laughs> yeah, back to the gray area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like, yeah, that's probably the theme of this episode. It's just like not living in the gray area. Not over-identifying with one title. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, that can help just as much as it can hold us back. Yeah. So I think it's good to... Always um, stay curious and not like over identify with any one thing. Be okay with changing your identity. That's part of evolving and growing. The other artist I want to talk about is Justin Bieber because he's the same kind of situation. Well, like he's for me, my relationship with Justin Bieber started. <laughs> yeah, when he called intimate, you up. <laughs> he said, Hey, do you want to go out? I'm like, Yes, please. No, but. 
Um, we start, I mean, like I found out about Justin Bieber, like how everyone else did, like back in 2009, I think it was 2008, where he like started making those YouTube videos. He started making YouTube videos of himself playing the guitar and singing. And I was like, damn, this kid's pretty talented. He's pretty cool. You know? And then he started like within like two years or something like that. He was blowing up with mm-hmm. the baby, baby, baby. Oh. And I was like, damn, this dude sucks. <laughs> I was like, I don't like it. And all the girls liked him. I literally didn't like him only because I wanted to go against the grain. I think yes, it's so dumb. That's exactly why I didn't like him yeah. either. You know? But Which is still being influenced by society. By the crowd, you yeah. know? It's so hard not to sometimes <laughs> yeah. when you're not aware of it. It's like I refuse to be influenced aware. by society. By not so- being influenced. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you go the opposite way, but it's still based off of society's opinion. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, he, that was his impact was just like, he's so popular that I'm not going to like him yeah. strictly because he's popular. And also, I mean, at the time, though, to be fair, I didn't listen to that kind of music. Mm-hmm. I was really into, like, 90s hip-hop. I was discovering oh, so 90s different. hip-hop. And um, started getting into EDM because those were my bathing days yeah. back in high school and stuff. So, <laughs> um, you know, so years went on and I just didn't get into him. But, like, you know, he started coming back up, like, in my stream i guess of pop culture where he started with all the drug stuff there was all those problems with him like all the drugs and then he i think he got like arrested or something for like a dui or whatever and then he like ended up getting sober for a bit and i know he like kind of struggled with that back and forth and i don't know where he's at right now like right now he honestly looks like he he, smokes weed i mean that song peaches the Uh song peaches Oh, we didn't from he California. He talks like my weed from California, and I'm like, well, I don't think me as a sober person would be singing about where I get my weed if I'm not yeah. smoking weed, you know? So, yeah. But whatever. That I mean, the bottom line is like that song is dope. That's a good song. I love. It makes me feel so good. For it's me, a it's, good song. Yeah, that and Holy. Yeah, those are the two. Those are the two main. Peaches I mean, that, and Holy. Peaches and Holy. Like, what got me all like ignited and kind of like interested in him is like. I mean, I've seen him, like, you know, I've seen him, like, on some TV shows. He, like, has, like, cameos or, like, um, on Dave. Remember Dave with um, Lil Dicky? The Lil Dicky yes. Dave show on, on yeah, Hulu? Yeah, yeah. He had that very tiny part where um, that producer and him were at Justin Bieber's house yes. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, Justin Bieber, he seems like they're really painting him as, like, a really chill, like, just artists and stuff mm-hmm. and i'm like oh that's cool and then he came up again a, like a, a couple months later on snl he did mm. um a performance with chance the rapper on holy oh yeah yeah yeah. and i was like damn this is because i don't know like on snl they really sometimes there's some performances that are just like so good dude like mm-hmm. it's just like because they're on like a huge platform yeah. you know on watch for like billions of people are watching snl and it was that good and it was really good be- i mean like they just they bring it artists just bring yeah. it on the on that on that on that on that show you know and so like it was him and chance the set was really cool it was like oh, we this, like, like chance the rapper i, I love, love how the rapper, witty dude. he is he's so witty and like that the verse that he has in that song is just really, really good. Yeah. Um, and just Justin was like very passionate. 
I was like, wow, this is a good performance. They yeah. complement each other very well in that mm-hmm. song. And then when I saw it again recently on um, this tiny desk thing. Well, he home, also was in Billie Eilish's documentary. Yeah, but uh, I mean, oh, okay. no, yeah, he was in that. Didn't too. influence yeah. you in that, though. Um, I guess maybe a tiny bit. Just like I'm like, oh, that's cool. He seems like. I think more so that whole idea of him just came from him, like, as, like, a sober person and me being a oh, sober yeah. person. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I, I'm I'm such a sucker for, for famous celebrities that are, like, sober. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, like Mark Marin, um, Steve-O, you know, just all these people that are just, like, well-known, like, hey, dude, Dax I'm Shepherd. sober. Dax Shepard. Yeah, like, I, I, I want to know about that kind of stuff. You know, it's just really interesting to me. So Yeah. So, Someone yeah. who's so, quote-unquote, successful, yeah. you know, in one way. You know, in, especially in industries where drugs and alcohol are so just readily available. And in an in- industry that you love, like music. Music. Or in and comedy. Comedy and acting. They're and, still, they're sober. And, yeah, like, how I do they that, do that? Like, how yeah. do you do that? I think it's incredible, you know? So, you know, Justin Bieber and Billie Eilish, they're, they are finding ways into my heart. And I'm, I think it's really cool. I'm a fan of their music, too. <laughs> For me, it was Billie Eilish after I watched her documentary. When I watch um, artist documentary, I'm, I'm like, wow. They're, it's like going to a concert. Mm-hmm. It's a different experience after you see it see the documentary get to know more about them that's how i feel yeah well it's because yeah. it becomes more personal yeah you know why was alicia keys on there oh well that's it's not really relevant to the topic but alicia key was on there because i was like just totally having this alicia keys binge also last, last night, night. <laughs> where i was just i watched like all these cool performances i watched this okay it's a weird thing like when when artists perform live and they're so big and it's like sometimes okay you gotta think these people sing these songs hundreds of times like first just recording it doing dozens of takes and then touring it they do it like dozens of places all over the country sometimes all over the world and then it's played on the radio all the time and then it you know then they're promoting it they'll go on shows and sing it they'll like you know then for years like like, i never thought of that they play they sing these songs for years and years and years you know and like so i feel like it's gotta be difficult sometimes for an artist to still give the same energy and at least show the same kind of feeling towards that song like x amount of years later after it's already been a big hit Mm -hmm. and that's what i was watching in alicia key's performance um it was actually really cute i saw two really cool collaborations on stage that she did she did one it was for the iheart music award i believe and she was she played this song that was like i hadn't heard it before um and it was just like about like something about like how like uh your mom raised a really good man or this, you know, this man was raised well. And then she brought her son onto the stage and her son played the piano with her. Oh, that's so cute. It was so cute. (laughs) (laughs) And and then she like went into, it was like a medley into, um, 
took out one of her other big songs, you know, but she only did a snippet of it, and it's really cute. And then she did this other, and then I saw this other video of her um, performing, um, some people want to know, know that I just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, what's that song called? I got you, yeah. Anyways, that song, it's a really good song. And then she's playing it, and then Questlove, the drummer from The Roots, he comes on, and then uh, John Mayer comes out, and I was like, whoa, that's a cool collaboration. And John Mayer just starts shredding on a guitar and harmonizing and sings one of the verses. And then they switch into Gravity. Mm, you know his song Gravity? Yeah. He starts playing that and oh, she sings that a verse song. On I just it. got chills because that that's song like is a good, good song, song, dude. Yeah. Like that song is like very powerful. Yeah. And, like, and then it just, and I mean, it, like you give the, the situation was like it was New Year's Eve in Times Square. They're mm. both performing all these For famous the people. No, this was a couple years oh, ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> they didn't have it this year. Oh, like you're that. right. There wasn't even a real countdown. Yeah, I mean, it was at least all that delayed. We well, we Anyways, besides the point, <laughs> the countdown wasn't matched up this year. Whatever. Well, <laughs> it's a glitch in the matrix. Yeah. that's what everyone said. Was it really? That's what people said. Yeah, no. they're like because the countdown was ten seconds off. There's proof. There's glitch in the matrix. People are stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe we we're it. stupid. Well, we I missed it definitely. When this year, because we tried to watch and it was all messed up. But we anyway, didn't care. They like that performance that those artists gave Alicia Keys and John Mayer and Questlove. It was just like they were just up there, like just jamming out, like having fun, like singing each other's songs. You know? Oh, and that's just, so like, cool! I want to see that. That's really. Oh, I'll show you the video after this. Okay. I was like, this is really powerful. This is really cool, and I like that feeling of just like. And that's another thing I miss too. Is just like that feeling of getting to experience live music because like certain artists like that maybe you won't listen to all the time in the car or like certain versions of the songs that you hear on the radio or whatever they're just they don't hit the same but then when you see it live when you're with your friends Mm -hmm. you know and like the artists are like you get a like visually like you physically see you're the, in the, the energy. You're in the same energy as them, as mm-hmm. the artists. You feel like you're a part of their experience. Well, technically, you are like physically in their space. Yeah, we are in their yeah, space. Yeah, sharing the same aura feel. Like you can feel that even if you can't see yeah. it. And that's like the concert vibe too, when the, everyone in the crowd is like, ah! I love it. And it's just like, it just fuels that like. You know, that energy that they get. That's why we're going to be DJs. (laughs) That's our next venture. After we kind of get down the podcasting thing, we're going to be DJs. Yeah. What's your DJ name, Athena? DJ CC Madonna. That's a good name. Right? Yeah. I came up with her name when I was tripping out. (laughs) I wrote, well, my name was CC that day because I was wearing a hot pink wig that went all the way down to my waist and had bangs and Mm -hmm. I felt like a different person and I was just like writing in a journal and I wrote like I'm CC Madonna it just came out and I was like yes I identify as that that's you that's me my DJ name will be DJ Funk Sweat (laughs) I like DJ Hot Sauce 
It's not already a DJ? I don't know. DJ Saucy Mouth. No. Ew. <laughs> DJ weird. Saucy Lips. Ew, Nathan. <laughs> that's like not sexy sexual. That's like. No, it's gross. It's like yeah. um, Adam Sandler's sexy. I don't like it. <laughs> it's cringy. Well, gang, I think that this is going to wrap it up for this one. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, we'll kind of figure out what our topic situation is as time passes. But honestly, like right now we're just making a few bullet points talking about what comes to mind. But I don't feel like I feel like over time after a few more episodes, we'll kind of get a better idea of it. Yeah. And I'm not stressing about it. So if you, know. you guys have any suggestions, anyone that listens to this thing all the way through and talks to Athena on social media or whatever. And or Nathan. Some via things text. that you wanna like hear us talk about or any questions let or anything know. that you want us to cover in the podcast, let us know. Otherwise we'll just talk about whatever we feel like talking about. And hope that you guys like it. <laughs> yeah, otherwise whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> I hope everybody is living La Vida Ooh, Loca. La vida. <laughs> See ya. Bye!